Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So, coming into a nice posture for practice. Morning, JD. Morning, Shannon. Diana. Just allowing the eyes to close if you like. And allowing your intention for practice to arise. And feeling the flavor of that intention when it becomes altruistic. When we bring in for the benefit of others, for the benefit of all beings into that intention. And there's an idea in Buddhist thought that when we make this altruistic intention that all beings are pulling for our enlightenment, our individual enlightenment, they're all on our side because we're on theirs. So it's a shared intention. And this could be for full awakening, it could be for more patience, for joy, whatever your intention was. Everybody's pulling for you because you're pulling for them. And next, taking refuge, just reflecting for a few moments during this silent time. Where are we going to go for refuge? We're sitting, there's nowhere to go. We're turning inward, so we can't expect anything outside of ourselves. Of going for refuge in our own inner resource tools, 
It's a commitment. Taking refuge in our own Buddha nature, our basic goodness. Taking refuge in the Dharma, which can be translated in one way as truth. And that's the simple truth of this moment. Taking refuge in the breath, the body, sensations, awareness, taking refuge in the moment as it is. Taking refuge in the Sangha. All of us sitting together, meeting our individual challenges together, meeting ourselves together. And never forgetting to be our own spiritual friend Believing in ourselves, believing in our Buddha nature, this removes the hindrance of doubt, taking refuge. preparing the mind further for stillness, paying homage to the lineages, our personal teachers, and the teachings themselves. Just reflecting on how fortunate we are have met the Dharma. How extremely rare and fortunate this is. And to have even an inkling of desire and motivation to practice. So amazing. Just thanking all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of all times, all religions. And bringing them into the circle. It is said that devotion is like a hook 
that all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas are reaching down all the time, wishing to bless us each and every moment. And our own heart's devotion can reach back out. connecting us with those blessings, purifying the mind, And seeing for a few moments if we could stay with this heart of gratitude, thankfulness, devotion, Be noticing how this influences the mind. Just by using mindful awareness. Pay attention to the heart. Simply noticing if some peacefulness naturally arises, some equanimity. Does it naturally arise in the mind when we move the attention into the heart? Sitting and breathing in the heart space. And explicitly 
meeting this moment with some gentleness. Furthering this contact with the heart. giving whatever you find a soft place to land. Whatever's coming up inwardly, whatever's coming in from the outside, meeting it with a vast expanse of gentle, kind awareness. The attention continues to be held very, very lightly at the heart center, whatever that means to you. Even holding the attention lightly without judgment. As light as a feather. not forcing anything. Again, continuing to experiment the relationship between the heart and the mind. If I can soften the heart, what is this experience like? in body, in heart, in mind. And giving the analytical mind complete freedom to be at rest. Nothing to analyze everything to experience. 
Letting the heart be center stage.
And so maybe during this reflection, maybe even for a moment, we have noticed some subduing of the mind by connecting the attention to the heart. And furthering this experiment, by visualizing all beings extended out before you in human form all the way to the horizon line. setting the intention that all beings are out before you. And wishing them all well. May they all be happy. May they all be free from suffering. attempting to be very sincere about this. Every one of their hearts is lighting up with loving kindness. Every single one of them. Greed, hatred, and delusion is subsiding in their mind streams. All sentient beings, without exception, are feeling peaceful and at ease. All the world over, this peace is setting in. Influencing all aspects of life. People helping people. Helping animals. living with an altruistic heart, with a mind of service. allowing this vision to be fueled by pure intention and your personal experience of how it feels 
when love is introduced into this moment. Wishing this sincerely for others.
so the um, the title of today was something about the I think I wrote the excellence of Bodhicitta, talking about the excellence of Bodhicitta. Something that it's like the first chapter in Shanti Deva's um, guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. Just speaking of the merit of Bodhicitta practice. So, yeah, I just thought we we chat about that, kind of unpack Bodhicitta, that term. Just unpacking that for a moment. Um, a literal a literal translation, Bodhi means awakened, you know, awake, and then Chitta, uh, mind, so awakened mind. So Bodhicitta or bodhicitta, depending on the, trans, uh, the kind of an accent or whatnot. But, so this is uh, looking at you know, somebody who's attained this state, has attained you know, that kind of this, li- this state of limitless compassion, which is the state of awakened mind, uh, by seeing purely, like the per- pure view, right? seeing the nature, nature of reality as it is. Usually when we're looking at this, we talk about bodhicitta in a couple different ways. We see it manifesting on a relative level, more mundane level, than an ultimate level. So on a relative level, or mundane level, there's a cultivation phase. So we're cultivating bodhicitta, which is the sincere desire or wish to free ourselves for the benefit of all beings. So much like the practice we just did, you know, really cultivating, you know, what's it like when, when we're reaching into limitless compassion and wishing to free ourselves in this way and then wishing to see all beings be freed in this way. And so on a, on a relative level, this is, how, this is what it looks like. You know, we're kind of cultivating it like this. On an ultimate level, it's more of a direct experience of awakened mind and how that compassion arises naturally. And I want to chat about it today. Um, I think, like always, the world needs more loving kindness and compassion. And I think the world needs a lot of it in in really explicit ways right now. Um, when we look at the, uh, the manifestation of things, thoughts leads, lead uh, to words, and words lead to actions. And we have a lot of thoughts going on, a lot of opinions, a lot of beliefs. <laughs> uh, we have a lot of words. Lots of words are being spoken. A lot of words, a lot of platforms, so people could speak a lot of words. And it doesn't take a clairvoyant, it doesn't take a genius to understand what's next. You know, actions. So we have have all of these beliefs and concepts. We have a lot of words being spoken. We have a lot of um, actions that are being taken too, and maybe more actions. And a lot of these words are, are not so kind. There's not a lot of kind words. I mean, there are a lot of kind words. And there are a lot of not-so-kind words being spoken. 
you know, and I think being an, being optimistic about this, this is a really amazing time, really. It's it, it could be a really, really amazing time for us, for humanity. You know, we've seen lots of wars, lots of conflict, of course, in humanity. We've seen world wars and, and all of this. But I don't think we've ever had the platforms for good that we do now and and the openness that we do now we have we have amazing opportunities now and even you know you know just just looking at meditation itself and the popularity of meditation of giving people access to themselves the popularity of apps you know calm and Headspace and Insight Timer and all of these things. And, you know, I could see year by year, as I've been teaching now for about 10 years, the popularity of meditation is obviously growing exponentially. And I go to these places and, hey, have you meditated? And, yeah, I've meditated. And, um, you know, I was at a school recently with high school kids and, and yeah, they're all you know doing meditation groups, all this stuff. So it's really wonderful. So access to ourselves through meditation is becoming more accessible. And if we want to make a change within ourselves, we have to be we have to meet what what's wrong, right? We have to meet our own suffering. So I think on a global level, in many many different ways. And we're kind of seeing it on a global level. We are, are meeting our own suffering, you know, face to face. We see the we see humanity suffering. We kind of we see it, we see it all, and we could see it all. And we see a lot of anger, see a lot of hatred, see a lot of delusion, see a lot of greed, all of that stuff. And so, how we meet it is is really really important and. And I saw this one, you know, I saw this one, uh, something on, on Instagram. This woman, she has like 200,000 followers and it's some kind of, she calls herself a light worker of some kind. And, and she says, you know, I'm going to go into reclusion. Like I feel like a recluse right now. And a lot of other light workers I know we're feeling dormant like we want to go in kind of almost into hiding or something and I thought wow that's the opposite of what I'm thinking <laughs> like I, I'm not thinking time to go into some kind of seclusion she's like how many other light workers feel like me it's like I, I don't know if I consider myself a light worker or whatever but I'm telling you this isn't the time to me for me this is the opposite we need to be explicit about kindness <clears throat> um, I was talking with a, another Sangha member I hope you don't mind me calling you out Sue we were talking about a program Ted Lasso how many of you have seen this show Ted Lasso yeah okay, Ted Lasso is an awesome program it's an awesome show because it's very explicit in, in putting content out there that has to do with kindness 
and being kind. The main character, his, his whole thing is kindness. He's just a kind human being, you know, and, and that's it. And, and, I, and I love that this show exists because it, and is popular because people want kindness. People want to see kindness. People want to see examples of kindness. People don't always want to see violence, you know, turmoil, drama, all of this stuff. People, people care. People are attracted to kindness. And so I remember, <clears throat> you know, back when I first you know, heard you know, where I, I literally saw it on a bumper sticker so long ago, like I think many of you saw the Dalai Lama's, um, you know, quote, my religion is simple, my religion is kindness. Sorry, I have a, <laughs> uh, I had a cat on my lap and then the dog came in, the cat left and the dog sat on my lap. Um, so, He said, my religion is simple, my religion is kindness. And, and what really stuck with me there is the kindness part. Like, oh my gosh, you know, your whole religion is, is kindness and, and that's amazing. And how could that really be? And over time, I really got thinking, that, you know, he's right. It's just, it's just kindness. But also what I have been reflecting on is that it's really simple. My religion is simple. My religion is kindness. My religion is simple. My religion is kindness. And I think this is actually difficult. It's difficult for me because I want more. I want more intellectual stimulation. I want more techniques. I want more, um, almost like I want it to be intellectually difficult. You know, I want to learn more of the suttas. I want to, you know, it's almost like, it's too easy. So I've seen this in myself that I don't want to go deeper. It's more difficult to go deeper into love. That's more difficult sometimes than to catch on to the next thing that my mind wants to learn. So there's this fantastic text that I started out with, the Shantideva, Shantideva's Bodhisattva's Guide to, uh, to Way of Life. You know, Shantideva was this amazing being who was not thought to be amazing at first. He was part of Nalanda University, this ancient university in India, and it housed... 10,000 monks and their whole life was debate you know these uh, these these deep scriptures this you know deep texts and he was known as kind of you know to put it frankly they just called him an idiot you know Shantideva would just sleep all day really show up late for all the teachings never was good at debate and this and that and the other monks thought it would be funny if they gave Shantideva a chance to address address the monks, they said, you know, can you give us a talk? You know. And so Shantideva said, sure. Do you want me to do you want me to give a talk on a text that is already known, 
Or do you want me to come up with something brand new? And they thought it would be more funny if they said, if he came up with something brand new. So they requested something brand new. And he wrote one of the most prolific texts ever to come out of Nalanda University, right? This incredible text. And it's a very well-preserved text. They ha- we have yeah, Sanskrit um, translations, we have Tibetan translations, we have Chinese translations. It's a very well-preserved text. And what's beautiful about it is that it's incredibly simple. It's an incredibly simple text. And the whole text, he's talking about loving kindness and compassion. You know, he talks about some Tonglen at the end. You know, he gives a technique. But for the most part, the whole text is about just kindness and the excellence of kindness. You know, it's not really brilliant, really, in the, in the way of, like, philosophy. He's just talking about the power of kindness and compassion the whole time. So it's very, very simple. And so I think, you know, the, the point of it is, you know, all of this, this, this hate and division. You know, I wrote a poem recently. Um, I was just kind of pondering this, meditating on it. All delusion. How did I write it? <laughs> it's uh, everything, everything that divides is delusion. Everything that unifies is clarity. And it's because it's all stupid mind shit, right? It's all stupid mind crap, you know? It's like, because all of that division is all that mental, all that mental layer that we're all caught in. And, you know, the work of compassion and whatnot is so extremely profound and extremely simple because it just dips right beneath it. It just, if we could just dip right beneath, you know, that, that whole mental layer, it's all right there. All we had to do is just dip. And then all, all of that division and all of that, all of those opinions and all of that stuff, we can meet each other in the heart. We can meet each other right beneath all of that, that mental debris, that mental chaos. We are not our beliefs. We are the love that is freed once we let them go. And we're not our beliefs. We're not our beliefs. Those beliefs come and go. But we're the love that is freed, you know, once we dip beneath it. And, and so I, I don't see very many voices, you know, speaking from that place. And I think that as bodhisattvas in training, like all of us, we need to speak and we need to show up as that voice, not the voice of another opinion, which we could, I have my opinions and I can share those opinions, you know, from the place of the heart that does, that sees my other people's opinions as delusion, like my opinions delusion. 
you know, I have to come full of heart. I have to. I have to come full of heart. You know, hate and division is never right. That's never like, um, you know, it's never a... Like, that's not the movement, you know, if you're creating some kind of movement and have, want people to stand behind you. I don't care what your opinion is. If it's not full of, at its core, if it's not infused with loving kindness and compassion, it's wrong. And if we cannot see that the other people's uh, opinions and beliefs are due to attachment, you know, are due to wrong view, a wrong view of self-identity, right? Um, that they are trying to protect themselves. They're trying to protect, you know, their families and all of that. Then it's not going to be a sustainable one, right? Those sustainable shifts and changes, the Gandhis, the Martin Luther Kings, Mother Teresa's, those types of things, those movements. You know, they're very active and they're very, very much deeply rooted in compassion. Right? So the excellence of bodhicitta is, is right here and right now. The excellence on a mundane level is a relative level is hopefully what we found in the meditation we did together is this this sense of ease that comes about and and a sense of fearlessness because when we're acting out of service you know we've already won um i forget where i was talking about this recently um it was to somebody about purpose um, the purpose to serve, we've already won. If we wake up in the morning, you know, just to, to serve others, uh, and even when we see things that we don't like, it's like, okay, well, I'm here to uh, to meet that with kindness within myself, within others. You know, there's a fearlessness to this. So what I thought we would do is break off into into uh, groups, into small breakout rooms. And I selected some verses um, from Shantideva. They're just random. And they're real simple. <laughs> like simple little verses of kindness. And so I thought we would reflect on them and then come back um, as a group and it's going to take me a little bit. I don't know how many groups I'm going to put everything, everyone into. Uh, maybe four, you know, four or five groups. So um, it's going to take me a while. I'm going to go to each group and just give you. Um, bye, Stephanie. Um, see you. And um, I'm going to give you some verses. But in the meantime, you know, I want to look at these verses on how how can we bring more friendliness into our world. I know it sounds almost cheesy, you know, like how can we, 
how can we save the world? You know, we have this amazing opportunity. We're, we're seeing so much stuff come up. How can we as kindness, okay, Dawn, see you. You know, how can we reflect on these, these verses and this love within our hearts? And how can we bring it out in our daily activities? You know, these, these verses have weathered the storm of time for a reason. And they've seen a lot of conflict and a lot of turmoil and all this stuff, right? So how, do, how does this relate to us individually, in our own things that we're going through, in our communities, on social media? Like, how can we bring this in, into action? Instead of the action, like the words and everything that we're seeing lead to actions of division and hate, how could these words lead to more harmony, right? So you can go ahead and contemplate how kindness can lead to more harmony around us and how we can exemplify that. Go ahead and start that as a group, just thinking about how kindness can, can help us as a whole. And then by the time I get to you, I'm going to drop in to your group. I'm going to drop in some, um, some phrases. That make sense? So, so yeah. Uh, what, what came up uh, in, in the groups? Yeah, we talked in our group about the importance of uh, relinquishing our, our opinions and, and uh, you know, all of our habits, our attachment, our aversion, so that, you know, you don't have that immediate fight with someone uh, when their opinion differs from yours and how if there's kindness on your side and kindness on their side, then you can tackle some difficult issues and maybe even come to some consensus on how you arrived at your opinion. Uh, so many times people are just throwing their opinions at each other and they're not even starting out with the same facts. So they would never be able to agree unless they really come to some understanding of how they arrived at the opinion in the first place. And just how kindness can, can change our world and make, make it uh, different. When, when our cup is full of dirty water and we have all these opinions and, and uh, habits and thoughts, there's no room for anything new. But if you throw out those, all those opinions and thoughts, then now you're open and maybe you can come to some new understanding. Wonderful, thank you. Thanks. Um, we, do we have different reflections, Casey? I just wanted to make sure I was, uh, did, or we did we all do the, how many enemies, the, the different groups, uh, or were there different we had reflections? Different, okay. Yeah, we all had something different, yeah. I wanted to share, I, yeah, I wanted to share ours really briefly and, and also and just mention a couple of aspects of it. Ours was, how many enemies, measureless as the sky, will I be able to destroy? Yet when the thought of anger is destroyed, all enemies are destroyed. And we had a couple of reflections about that that I thought were powerful. One is that the, the causality element of anger in even creating enemies, that it's, it's, it's you know, the, the not only destroying it after, you know, we, we seem to be caught in enemy creation or war, but also reflecting on the causal nature of anger, you know, informing that to begin with. And I thought that was 
pretty powerful. One of our, our members reflected that. And another of our M, uh, members, um, or we, we sort of were reflecting about how we interact with other people. And, and there's a metaphor in this that it's like we are, we are that thought. And, and that, that sort of touched on uh, the Bodhi, Bodhisattva way, that, that, we are that we can be that thought of kindness and compassion, or we can be that thought of anger in the community in which we exist. So we, part of our power as human beings is, is to uh, turn away from divisive energy and toward loving and kind energy. Uh, both, I think, again, is a causative element and also is one that can meet whatever difficulties or divisions have arisen. And uh, yeah, we, we really, I think we really had a nice group of uh, sharing about this and, and finding a lot of commonality in our perspective. So I wanted to thank, really thank the people that I was, uh, thank you. Beautifully put, thank you. Uh, we started with the, Hey, Casey. Hey. Hi. Yeah, go for it. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to, we started with the self-compassion, actually, I mean, as far as in our group, uh, uh, with Sue and Jane, and then went to different directions of uh, how this innate uh, love gets created, is, is diverted to the others, other part that we see others separately uh, than ourselves. Uh, but as soon as I saw Kaylee here, uh, I was in group with her last week uh, in the group. It was a wonderful talk with her. Then that self-compassion, it just uh, came to me that I know it's like a national week or, uh, of, of uh, uh, saving the environment. Uh, then, then uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and then that self became also got extended to uh, the earth that, you know, she's uh, also advocating the other side. So maybe we can extend that self-compassion not just to me and my skin, not just all the people that are here, but to the Mother Earth, as they said. So that I got, I uh, I was able to <clears throat> expand that that self compassion of how much I'm able to, uh, as far as much as I'm able to uh, have kindness for myself, and that's where it all, all begins. I'm able to extend it to the other, and that to myself included uh, Earth. As soon as I saw Kaylee's face, so thank you for. What you're doing there? It's national. Uh, maybe you can announce it's a national. Uh, I mean, like, uh, yeah, there, there were like uh, demonstrations, different places. Yeah. So, so just to answer your question, there's there's several things that are going on. I think what you might be referring to is that Greta Thunberg had another round of um, yeah. sort of like days for people to stand up and walk out of school for children to participate in climate action. So I think that might be, and then yeah. Earth Day, you know, is, is coming up yeah. as well. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you for those incredibly kind words. I'm deeply touched that what I do led to you feeling that way. I was also part of JD's group. So I will just briefly say that these two things I think are very much connected together in that part of what we had said was that there's this sort of beautiful opportunity to take kindness and apply it in unexpected places. So for my job, I'm an environmental advocate and it can be easy to get frustrated with people who don't also wanna save the world. <laughs> that's, that's an easy thing to feel and to get sucked into, um, but, that causality piece I think is real. If we approach those folks with anger, 
and with aggressiveness, nothing will ever change. But if we approach those folks with kindness and an openness and a consideration for what values and what beliefs underlie, as Casey was saying, going just beneath that initial reaction, what's there? And then it's not just that they're not enemies, it's that they're potential friends. Mm -hmm. And that I think is how we change things. And mm -hmm. one of the things that was pointed out in our group is that having a space like this is what provides support to make that possible. So I just wanna also take a moment and say thank you for allowing me to be part of this space because I'm, I'm brand new here and brand new to trying to rescue the world in this way. And it's been so nice to be met with such kindness. So thank you. Wonderful. And we are lucky to have you. Yeah. It reminds me of the, just say something quickly, you know, shut up, I'm talking too much, I see. Uh, uh, it's a Zen saying that then after you eat, you sweep the, uh, sweep the kitchen floor, and then where's the, where does the floor end? Then you sweep the whole world. So, I mean, uh, after you sweep your kitchen uh, from the crumbs. So where does this world end? I mean, it's, it's probably not at the end of my skin. So it's a tall order. I'm just saying it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Thank you. So. <laughs> you know, um, this is this is in a way off topic, but it makes sense to me. I think um, when you are involved in anything where there's customer service or like, like say, um, at the airport, that's probably one of the best places, you know, a flight gets canceled or something. And um, and if and if somebody's really angry because maybe they have to get somewhere because one of their beloved family members is dying or something like that or whatever. And so they're in uh, having all these conflicting emotions and they it comes out as anger. And if you meet anger with anger, it doesn't work it just makes things worse you know but if you can meet anger with kindness or meet it and not not take it on it like realize that's theirs and not take it on but say okay they're angry they're ha like almost to look at them as you know wow they're they're suffering because a lot of times anger isn't just um evil you know or it's not usually that way anger is usually a secondary emotion so to have to to be kind in that in the face of that gets everybody so much further and it's not as a manipulation but just as a as a common shared humanity humanity kind of thing whereas wow you're struggling what you know i'm so sorry you're struggling rather than um the way the world is now pretty much it's like well tough this is the way it is um, makes it kind of a big difference. And I know I was watching, I think it was probably MSNBC or something the other night and they were interviewing some people and they were interviewing this pretty high powered guy who is a consultant for MSNBC and on the wall behind him while he's talking is a print or post or whatever. And it says, be kind, be kind, be kind. <laughs> That's all it says behind there. And I just thought, wow, that was so... I don't know how many other people noticed it, but to me, it was just so inspiring because here's this guy, strategist and everything else. And what does it boil down to? Be kind behind him. So that was pretty funny. Anyway, that's all I had to say.
Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so as as we as we end here, you know, um, you know, it's kind of like man in the mirror. It's how I like to look at it, you know, where it it um, we have these tools and if we could transform our minds, because it always goes back to us, you know, it goes back to our individual thing and that if we could transform our mind and, and for me, you know, really, really make a dedicated effort to taste that in meditation every day. You know, if I could taste it every day, if I could dedicate myself to tasting that every day, if I could slip underneath my thoughts every day into my heart every day, then I'm reminded that it's there in others too. I don't know. I didn't know that it was there either. They don't know that it's there. I didn't know that it's there. I didn't know that I'm them, they're me. I remember my friend at one of the first spiritual centers that I, I, I lived at. He was a, he was a guy from like New York, and he's super funny. And he's like, you know, it's really tough being, you know, being on the spiritual path because when you meet an asshole, you think, man, I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, like, that's me. That guy's being an asshole. He's like, oh, I'm an asshole, you know, like, and, you know, it's, it's really, you know, coming in, in, into terms with all of that. And um, so, yeah, really just transforming our own minds on a daily basis, remembering where we are at and all of our challenges and all the difficulties, even when we're striving on the path, like I still lose my anger. I still have doubt. Um, you know, I still have anxiousness. I still have materialism and I'm striving and I have all these tools and I work so hard. And, and even with all of that, I'm, I'm failing all the time. And if I could have compassion for myself and be honest and aware of that and hold that you know, throughout the day, when I look at others, I think, man, maybe they don't even have the tools. They don't have access to the tools. And, and yeah, they're upset and they're angry and, and all of this stuff. But man, I have to have compassion for that, right? Like I have to have compassion for myself all the time. All right, so let's uh, just go and just dedicate the merit for a moment, allowing our eyes to close. And that same sentiment that we have begun with, just solidifying it as we end our practice, like a bookend, you know, we start with that intention. May all beings everywhere without exception, myself included, be free from suffering be happy and joyful and at ease. And by this merit that we generated today, this cultivation of wisdom and love, may it purify my mind, my heart. May it come to fruition that all beings everywhere without exception, may their minds also be clarified. May all beings everywhere, may they be happy and free from suffering. Om Mani Padme Hum. Bye everyone. Take care. Be well.
Bye bye. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, Christine. Good to see you, Christine. <laughs> see you later. Nice to see you all, all too. Right, it was see great. You. Really all right. That. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Good talk, Casey. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.